This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day five of our week running grand final week episodes of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Uh, Good day, everybody. And uh, joining us for a very special episode is Nick Campton. Welcome. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Nick, uh, what are you here to talk about today? One man and one man only, and that's the pride of Fakatane, Benjamin Quinton Marshall. Exactly right. Uh, We were trying to rack our brain as to what would be like a fun... Uh, sort of podcast to do in amongst the game preview, the team wraps, all that stuff. And we landed on just talking about Benji for half an hour or so. So um, couldn't think of anyone better to have that with us than uh, Nick Canton, who obviously grew up in West Tigers territory and was a young kid in that area when Benji was in his pomp, when he was coming through. So why don't we start there from when he first came onto the scene, Nick? I mean, obviously everyone that watched rugby league wanted to emulate Benji Marshall with the sidestep and all that stuff, but you were there, you, you were in that area what was the hype like when Benji Marshall first came on the scene all those years ago? So I think what's really important to remember when we, when we talk about Benji Marshall and the 05 Tigers is just how little success the Tigers had had in their brief existence to that point, but also the lack of success that West had had for years and years beforehand. Like they went out to Campbelltown in 1984 and only made the finals, I think two more times before they got merged with the Tigers. And even before that, they made the finals intermittently in the years before they moved out to Campbelltown, but for most part, it was just years and years and years of dial losing. And worse than losing, they just didn't matter. They weren't cool, you know? Yeah. And then the Tigers team came along and they were incredibly cool. You know, they, the, 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 the way they play, the way they moved the ball, the way Prince um, played alongside Benji, Benji with all the, the, the big steps and the flip passes and everything that we came to love. For the first time ever, and probably for the only time in their entire existence, the West Tigers were the... Maybe not the best team, but they were the, the, the coolest team. Even before 05, even in 04, when Benji only played a handful of games before his shoulders went on him, they 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 just they had this this aura about him, this mythos about him. A bit like what Luai and Toto have got at the moment out at the Panthers. You know, it mm. was it was more than just being a good team; it was being the the coolest team in the competition. You know, I'm mm. I'm curious as well. What your, what's your guys' first memory of, of of watching Benji? Is it in 05 or is it a year or two earlier? No, it's it's that first game because. I still remember the highlight clear as day. He did that sidestep and then he put a kick in that went about 15 meters dead, but they just replayed that highlight on the Sunday footy show about 400 times afterwards. And I just remember thinking, who is this guy like that? I've never seen anyone make a step like that before. I'm assuming you also remember the exact highlight I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it was, it was a step like unlike anything that had ever happened before. The big step I remember before that being held up as like the best ever or the coolest ever was Freddie's the big, the big left. Yep. 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 And that's still awesome when you go back on the highlights and you see Freddie wind it up. But it's also like it's a pretty conventional sort of thing. He's not jumping up in the air like a kangaroo. The only other player I'd ever seen do that was Carmichael Hunt the year before, uh, around that same time. But Carmichael yeah. Hunt's steps never really worked. Like they looked awesome, but he never actually beat anyone. It, it took him away from his true destiny of running it as straight and hard as he could for as long as he could until someone knocked the shit out of him. Well, my first memory of him, like I know what Bunga's talking about. My first real clear memory is they fucking beat us. <laughs> like his <laughs> his second his second game and Brisbane's team was pretty weak that game. But it was like Mick De- Mick Devere played fullback. That kind of level of, of injury they were 
Um, I've just brought it up here now. I remember that part. But like, so Nick Devere played fullback. Craig Frawley and Stuart Kelly are the wings. Tate and Carroll are the, cent- uh, the center pairing. Halves are Maguire and Berrigan. So it's not a very strong Brisbane team. Michael Kuri's on the and Neil Wyatt are on the bench. Brisbane didn't use their last bench player. So they were in a bit of a crisis at the time. Hmm. But uh, the, the uh, Tigers beat us 12 10. And they had the same day, like Nick Bradley Galilawa played, who I believed in at the time, like a moron because his name was cool. But they <laughs> didn't shut up about. They didn't shut up about Benji like the entire game, so it was like hard to miss that Benji Marshall was playing and the step. They're talking about it, and then the next year, two thousand and five, is when Carmichael Hunt debuts as well. And I didn't mean to, but from what Bung, uh, sorry, from what Cambo said there. I was tracking Benji because I was tracking Carmichael Stamp because I was a child. You know, I was 15, 14, 15. So I was like, let's see who has it. I just watched them both like every time. Like, I want to see them step. I just want to see who did, did the dumbest, most ridiculous step. And you be at school, you play touch footy. All of a sudden, everyone's doing the world's worst step. It never works. <laughs> People like jumping and stepping and footy training that whole year. People are doing it. And I, I like to think at the time as an ignorant fool, I was, oh, it's the Carmichael. <laughs> but obviously, it was the Benji. Wow. That is actually worked for one act of them. Act of war. Um, <laughs> I was Lord. a 14 year old idiot. <laughs> and then after he has, after he plays a little bit in 03 and 04, we get to 05. And I still remember in round one, they played, oh, so round three, sorry, was his first game. They played the Bulldogs, if you remember. And the game, it was an absolutely fantastic game. But what stands out was, I think it was Paul Harrigan on commentary said something like, oh, you're never going to win games throwing the ball around and playing like this which was proved to be incredibly prophetic. It's, it's almost like the Australian version of you don't win anything with kids now, that, given how it aged by the end of that season. But I remember that first game against the Bulldogs. They won 37-36 and Benji and the rest of those guys, they were just this embodiment of fun and they were just something that we really haven't seen in a team since then. What what really stands out in my memories of the early part of 05 is, is that 37-36 win over the Bulldogs because the week after that they beat the Roosters as well and it was another high scoring game and neither the Bulldogs nor the Roosters went on to do anything that year but they'd made the grand final the year before and they'd sort of yep. been the twin powerhouses of the preceding seasons and knocking those two off even though the Tigers had a long way to go themselves knocking those two off back to back from it, it showed that the way that they were playing the crazy Tim Sheen's lunatic footy web everyone can pass and everyone's running these crazy lines and you can try absolutely anything and Sheen's he won't blow up at you it showed that it could work you know, and it, or it showed that it had, it had a bit of a shelf life at least, you know, and the way that the, the Tigers sort of grew into themselves over that year, there were so many guys who had so many great years and particularly Scott Prince, who's a, who's a, a big player in the early part of this Benji story. They, a lot of them had great seasons, but everybody who thinks of that team thinks of Benji first, you know, it's yep. Benji Marshall and the 05 Tigers, because I think he embodies what that was about more than more than maybe anyone else. You know, he was He's the third best player. To- you're not totally going down deep leaving that. Like Scott Prince and Brett Holcham were better than Benji that year, but it doesn't matter. That's my opinion anyway. Oh no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You go you go back and watch Princey highlights from that year and they're unbelievable. But Benji I, embodies the team. You know, Benji yeah, no, no fear of making mistakes, no fear of the big stage, no pass was too crazy. Nothing was ever too much. You know, he was I, he was too young to be to be afraid of losing. I think that um like and we love a cross sport comparison, but Benji's almost like the Ronaldinho of rugby league in a way, in the sense that yep. like that's a great he was, one. He was never really I know Ronaldinho did win the Ballon d'Or and Benji did win the Golden Boot at one point, but like no one ever really considered them the best player in the world, but they were definitely the coolest. No, that's yeah, that's and- absolutely well said. And like later on in his career, you know, anyone with half a brain would take 
Cameron Smith or Billy Slater or Cooper Cronk or what have you, if you were trying to win a game or build a premiership season. The Tigers tried to build around Benji after Scott Prince left and it never really worked. We'll get into why a bit later, I suspect. But if you're talking about maybe like the, the, the coolest player, the player that everyone wanted to be like, the player that everyone's trying to emulate and the player who I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone, I've never heard anyone say, I hate Benji Marshall or I don't like watching Benji Marshall. Like it's a hundred percent approval rating all the time. I don't yeah. I, I hated him. There you go. When I was younger. I like I don't now, obviously, but but yeah. Are you, I mean, gonna, try, are you gonna try and make it the Carmichael again? No, no, back? I'm not. But uh, I was gonna mention it. The other thing about that Tigers team in that year is like and it's the one thing they've been able to leave in two thousand and five. They kept it a couple more years, but that jersey was the most two thousand and five yeah. and the perfect jersey for a team that it. like it's an ugly like it's an ugly jersey. It is. It's modern garbage that ages terribly, but because of what that team was, how they play, like every everyone loves that jersey, right? Like the stupid stripes. Yeah, it's you a, shoot one of my favorite awesome. jerseys of all time. I don't know what JFTA was, but it looks cool. Yeah, but then they got, obviously <laughs> was the last got time cracked open a packet of Walker noodles. Oh, that were, yeah, yeah, Walker noodles had some big shoes to fill in 06. I'll tell you and that much. The Proton Cars jersey, like two years later, and then they put <laughs> yes. like this. The black stripes that was just black with the like a couple of stripes on the side. What are you doing? How could Sheensy stand for that shit? Where's the pizzazz? Because <laughs> it was a mess. Sheensy loved messes. Yeah, it was a great jersey, the original. So, um, but yeah, I Benji grew on me over time. It was very boomerish takes, influence from my old fellow that that like I yeah. liked him a lot in two thousand five oh six. But it was like a couple of years later, and it was like Benji doesn't win games. And it, it, and it came from my old man down to me. I was like, yeah, Benji doesn't win games. Benji does heaps of cool shit, but he doesn't win games. He's not one of the best in the game. So yeah, I didn't love him as a, as a younger guy. And I didn't love the aura of Benji for a while there where he got, like he kind of got for a long time, the Sonny Bill treatment. And I hated being told that he was just so fucking good, so big, the best thing ever on the footy show, shoved down my throat all the time. I hate that with players and I still do now. And uh, so for a long time, I wasn't Benji's biggest fan. And I'll own that. I was an idiot then. <laughs> And uh, I'm, but I'm glad I've been able to go back with retrospect and enjoy the last, you know, half of his career, and also enjoy all the earlier moments. Like mm. you mentioned, that 2005 run, I rewatched all I could of that during the first lockdown last year. And obviously, my biggest takeaway is that Scott Prince is way better than anyone remembered him being in that run. That he's probably their best player uh, that year. Unlucky to not really, he lost the Origin duel with Thurston somehow. That unlucky to not be in the Origin side, but. Yeah, Benji was awesome. Just so much fun that season. And so much of that, the things that made him struggle later in his career, you can obviously see why, but so much of why he could just keep trying to do shit because it just worked. Things just work for Benji. Yeah. Doing dumb shit just worked for Benji. Like the 1% of decisions weren't, like they weren't up to Benji's standard. Benji had cooler things than 1%ers. Benji didn't need to make the right decision that you thought the right decision. Benji could do it a cooler way. That's absolutely right. And like, let's talk about Princey for a bit because you gotta, you got to talk a lot about Princey at the start of the Benji story. I really believe that if Prince and, Princey and Benji had stayed together at the Tigers under Tim Sheens, then we're talking about them the way we talk about Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny or Ricky Stewart and Laurie Daly. Like I can't think of two players who were better suited to play with one another. But Curse the, the Titans. Sorry, mate? The bloody Titans, mate. Well, mate, what happened was is um, Princey hated living in Sydney, absolutely hated it. He's a Queensland boy through and through. And for some reason, he was living out at Penrith as well and coming into Concord every day. So he wasn't oh. even around where all the boys were living. That's weird. 
extremely weird. So he fucked off back to Queensland as we all will at some stage of our lives. And it's absolutely bizarre. Tim Sheen's never replaced Prince. Not even, not even, not even with like a, a, a regular designated halfback. He didn't do it for years. He didn't do it until he didn't do it. in his, he, fuck me. He didn't do it in his entire time left with the Tigers. You look at the the post Scott Prince halfbacks. There's John Morris, Blake Lazarus. There's Robert Louis for a year. Blake there's a Lazarus. bunch of fucking nobodies. <laughs> no, I forgot what made Blake Lazarus. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. But yeah, well, also those and, guys like they don't unlock. Benji the way Prince does and mm. like the stuff Scott Prince and Benji were doing then is actually kind of regular in halves now like the show and going running across field a lot and showing back underneath they're doing it a lot but they were like the two who did that and they're on the same wavelength all the time and they change the direction of traffic all the time too and then you go from the the breakneck speed Prince and Marshall to play together with each other and you just put like John Morris in there who's just like okay it's like, yeah and they yeah, and, and it was you're right. It's someone they never really replaced, and it, it's 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 a great shame that there's kind of that middle period between 05 and 010, where 010, between 05 <laughs> and 10, where like because they never really replaced Princey after 06, and you had the John Morris experience and, and a few other guys that you mentioned there. Matthew they Head, just, they just wasted seasons, and it's a, well, it's I, a shame. It is. It is. I, I I sort of think you can draw the line. You can. There's like four. There's four or five distinct sections to Benji's career, right? There's 03 to 05, which is the young, crazy years when he's just unbelievably cool and everything's really sick. Then there's 06 to 08, where he gets he has some really serious shoulder injuries that nearly cause him to retire. The the squad around him just isn't good enough, and it looks like he's going to be. A bit of just a, like a, a bit of a flash in the pan, like a bit of a trick shot play, but not someone that you can really build around all the time. And then in 2008, he makes the New Zealand World Cup squad and Wayne sort of saves him for the first time. Wayne Bennett's in that team as an assistant coach and put assistant coach in big inverted commas. New Zealand end up winning a final against a really good Australian side. They absolutely hammer him in terms of, you know, as wins over Australia go, Benji scores a crucial try off a insane Billy Slater pass um, back in t- back in oh, trying to avoid going into touch. Benji scores at the Kiwis win, and then from there we get the next section of his career, which is like 2009 to 2012, when you can conceivably say he's one of the best three players in the league. And the Tigers contend for the premiership uh, two of those years, which you know back to back finals for the Tigers. Holy shit, that's unbelievable. And it's built around Benji. It's built around his his skill set, you know. And they didn't they didn't win a title. They probably should have. Twenty ten was probably their best chance, but it showed that he was more than just a flash in the pan. He was someone who was a little bit more sustainable than he might have appeared earlier in his career. Yeah, and that uh, that I love. I mentioned it on podcast prior. I love that he has like the you know the bat phone version for Wayne Bennett. Only used <laughs> like three or four times in his career, but at, at multiple occasions, it's almost been that relationship that's kind of reinvigorated the next year or two of, of Benji's career and, and giving him another a shot on the arm. Mm. And it's cool that if he goes out this Sunday, it's going out on one last ring of the, the Bennett phone, which, which is cool, great to me. But you look back though at that, that Tigers t- t- side that made the 2010 finals. Yeah. And obviously bizarre. watching him that year, you thought time. they were good, but you understand just how fucking good Benji was that season. And Robbie, by the way, Robbie was fantastic. But the team that lost that, like, what well, they lost in 2010 to the Dragons, they had, yeah. you know, they should have won Andrew that game. Fita, Andrew Fafita started the game on the edge. You know, Mitch Brown's at fullback. You've got Bo Ryan, who had a really good year there, but it's not really a crash hot team in, in retrospect, as it felt at the time. And 
Murdoch Masilla stuff wasn't great at the time either, but uh, yeah, they should have won that game. But just because Benji was just so damn good for those couple of years there that a guy who went with that, it didn't, it was so long we're looking for a Benji Haas partner. And then at one point, it just stopped mattering. So it doesn't matter who's the other guy now. He got so good, hey? Well, yeah. that's it. I, Tim Sheens was a perfect coach for Benji in a lot of ways because he empowered him just to try stuff. Benji said a heap of times, Sheensy said he could do whatever he wanted at training as long as, oh, he, well, he could do whatever he wanted in games so long as he practiced it at training. So if Benji's, you know, throwing crazy flick passes on his own 20 or going for field goals from halfway, it was all, it was all okay. But then the flip side of that is Tim Sheens is a mad scientist who will try to engineer his way out of a problem rather than just attacking the simple solution. So instead of getting a fullback, he would have Mitch Brown and Tim Molson and Bo Ryan and three other dudes play there over the course of the season. Instead of having a halfback, he would bring in two or three dudes. If they don't work, he'll put Farrah there for a week. If that doesn't work, he'll put Benji there for a week. He'll he'll never attack a simple problem in a simple way. It's always got to be in a complex way. So even though even though even though Sheen's never was able to repeat the success of 05, I don't think we get Benji's career the way we've got it without Sheen's empowering him to to just back his ability at every single at every single opportunity, regardless of the cost. Yeah, it, it, I think 2010 will be a great what-if for them because they should have won that game. And I think whoever did, it was one of those years where I think whoever won this game was going to win the grand final. But yeah. after that, it kind of, like 2011's weird. I think they probably should have beaten that won that Warriors game too. And that was a really weird season in a lot of ways. Like we had a team finishing sixth getting belted by the Broncos in week one of the finals and still making a grand final. Like a very strange year that one was. But then after that, the next year's a disaster. Yeah. That's when it becomes a disaster, which ends in his stint with the Auckland blues camper. Yeah. That was, that was kind of sad. It was, it's, it's always, it was really sad when it soured with him and hit the Tigers the first time, because Part of the reason that those Tigers teams really appealed to so many people is the play, like they played a great brand of footy, but they, the guys were also really just fun dudes. You know what I mean? And they all seemed like they were good mates. It's like you guys will remember when Bo Ryan was getting on the footy show and, you know, when you're mm-hmm. 16 or 17, he seems like the funniest dude, you know, who's ever lived and he's hanging out with Benji and it's all great. And the Tigers are so much fun. And then real life sort of comes in and there was a lot of egos around the club at that time. And there was always a lot of talk about, Marshall and Farah and you know oh, is the playing group split like what's going on and and you know it's it's the Tigers the Tigers can't have nice things the Tigers can't have stuff end simply or cleanly or neatly it's always dragged out in horrible emotional terrible fashion and it was a nasty split when he left at the end of 13 and the really disappointing part is that at the end of 13 they'd finally found the halfback that he'd been waiting for since Prince left Luke Brooks came in and like I know Luke Brooks is a bit of a punchline now but at the time he was the most he was the most hyped halfback prospect in years. Like he was getting Andrew John's comparisons before he'd even played in the twenties. And I watched him in the twenties that year and they were almost warranted. He was unbelievable. He looked like he was going to be a 10 year origin halfback. He really, really did. And he had the bucket ass too, Benji so well. Well, yeah, well that's it. Like, you know, big ass boys got to stick together, but like he would have been perfect to play with Benji at that particular time because Brooks is a natural first receiver. He had a really good kicking game and he could have done the organization stuff that Benji wasn't so good at at that time, but it just didn't work. You know, it's just two ships crossing at the night. And I fucking Mm. hated that he went over to rugby or not that he went to rugby. I hated that he went to a New Zealand super rugby team because I like rugby union. Yeah, exactly. I like rugby union, right? It's pretty, it's a, it's a good sport and all that. But fair income. Sometimes if you go to one of those super rugby teams, it's like being transported to fucking Van Diemen's land. You know, we're never going to see you again. Oh, you're off playing 
the lines of Transvaal on the high veld, like yeah, at fucking two in the morning. Get the fuck out coming off the bench. The Auckland Blues. Throw some flick passes, bro. Yeah, I think that's an important part of his career, though. And like, Sheen's what got let go end of twenty twelve, and you look back and in retrospect again. At the time, the drum was beating for ages because they failed to to get across the line, but they were fourth in round fourteen of two thousand and twelve, and they finished tenth. And that's when Sheen's gets punted. But you look back at that year, and it's like, oh, that you know, Tedesco plays round one. He's going to be their fullback. Tedesco does his knee, doesn't happen. Uh, they have like the missing Lottie and Utah, who's supposed to be their wingers for a while there. Then they they go through that period. They do that. That doesn't really work. Gareth Ellis gets injured. Adam Blair stuff's there. Farrow's in and out of the side. When you look back, you can kind of excuse or like, well, they only tenth isn't that bad when you couldn't have your best team didn't play all season. They came tenth, and then Sheens was was removed, and then the Mick Potter year, like. Hmm. I mean, I think Mick Potter did it an okayish job, even though they came. They I think he so got massively poorly, stitched but, up. Yeah, but he, like, he copped a just, raw deal, Mick Potter. The, well, the wheels had fallen off everywhere by that point. Then, like that off season, lost a number of players. They come into the next year not looking great. Like they had to play uh, Akuola on in the centres, if you remember. Sorry, on the wing. The year Benji, Benji, so. Benji started a game at centre. Yeah, with, with Brooks's debut. But I do think we mentioned how important those Bennett phone calls were. Over, over time there that union stint is really important for his career because i think that's the, the the humbling like the whole thing fell apart with the money he thought he was worth but it was probably the humbling benji needed that you you can't keep doing the young men benji marshall shit anymore like unfortunately you can't mate it was really cool but you're not going to be a winning footballer in your late 20s into early 30s playing like you did when you were 19 and that period there, where finding out no club really wanted him in rugby league was huge. Went to Union and then didn't have a very good time there, obviously, and came back to the Dragons. But it was like when he come back, he had to understood he had to be a different player. And I think without that year happening, I don't think he's still playing footy at this point in first grade. I don't think he's still playing the last two or three years. I think if he just stayed at the Tigers, I think his career probably ends a couple of years ago. I think you're right. I think you're right. Like, that's the... that's almost the exact midpoint of his career that's when he transforms from what he was which is the crackerjack playmaker that's doing all sorts of crazy shit to what he is now which is the wise old man who just understands how footy's meant to be played because he's played it so many times like that's the hinge that that transformation sort of swings on what do you guys make of his dragons years because i was trying to think about him earlier today and there's a few games in a few moments that stand out but a lot of it a lot of it really blurs together for me it's a weird one, right? Because obviously you've got 2015, they make the finals. He finishes, what, second or third in Dalian voting. He leads the league in try assists, which yeah. all objectively seems like he had a really good year. But like, I don't look back on those Dragons teams of the mid-10s with any sort of like fondness and certainly not in the wistful way we look back on his feats a decade previously. Yeah, the, I know the Dragons fans weren't, weren't upset to see him leave the year after. Yeah. Which... You know, they did make the finals. They've went, they've went 12 and 12. They got lost in the first week. But I remember, oh, where was I for one of those? I remember a period of like five or six weeks there, six weeks. I thought he was garbage. Then I was shocked when he, he came second in Dally M's equal with like three other blokes, one of them being Aaron Woods. <laughs> but Good I was year. just like shocked. I was like, you know, and next year, obviously, they didn't want him either. Nobody wanted him. But it's weird to think that he went from being second in Dally M to being unwanted again in a, in a two year period. But uh, I don't really have the fondest memories of his Dragons years. The fondness for 
Benji's return rugby league for mine comes back after the Dragons years almost. And the the Tigers renaissance and, you know, stand at Brisbane and similar is when I start appreciating the player he become a bit more. Well, let's talk about that stint in in Brisbane because that's what, like we talked about. You know, his 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 uh, career sort of swinging on the hinge. That that year in Brisbane is when he fully transforms to what he is now. And like you talk about how the rugby stint sort of humbled him. I think it did, but I think it he got humbled again when it was it was you know a pretty it was a pretty lean pickings for him. He didn't have many places mm. to go, and he he broke out the the Wayne Bat phone again and went and called him up and I think Wayne just offered him a spot in Reggie's and I think I think Benji played Reggie's for the first six weeks of 2017 or something yeah, like got, that got his arm broken. Got a re- yeah yeah and I think he just got a real appreciation for how much he actually loves playing footy I think he really rediscovered just a very childlike very innocent love of the game which he always had back in his Tigers days especially at the start but maybe lost somewhere along the way and Mitch you'll remember when he came he came into the Broncos team like midway through 17 and he was fantastic. And he, he was like he has been now for the for the Tigers and the Rabbitohs afterwards. He was just there to steer the boys around if someone went down in the halves. Really good for vibes always. And just sort of, you know, being being as much of an, an energy guy and a glue guy as he is an on-field contributor. Yeah, like that year really fell apart for Brisbane. But Benji was one of the shining lights towards the end of the season when he returned. Like we had some injuries in the halves. But he played good enough that he earned his Tigers return in only what he started like six games, but he played good enough in those games to show he could play again. And I will only stay around, but I knew Benji's heart was in Leichhardt that going back was the right thing for him. But he he came in and we beat, like we beat South in what round 14, but it was at the Canberra game. If you remember when we beat your, you guys, when um, I can't remember the, I think we're down 16, 14 at half time, but Benji, uh, puts Alex Glenn over with just old school Benji. And it was just like one of those games you started saying, oh, Benji can do like the boring stuff now, but when he needs it, he still has the Benji stuff. He just, he just sprinkles it more now. It's a light coating on top, which is a dusting. That was that little, that pass to Glenn. It was like, oh, this, he still sees footy like he saw it. He's he still got it. You remember Absolutely. the pass talking about, don't you? Yeah. Oh, well, I remember that game because Benji had an incredible record against the Raiders for ages. I think he went 18 yeah. and one over his, the first like 17 years of his career before Canberra finally pulled a couple back. But Mitch, I, I get exactly what you're talking about. Do you remember that semi that the Broncos played against the Roosters that year up at the footy mm-hmm. stadium? Yeah. And, and the Broncos, lost yeah, they lost because great. the trail Mitchell scored a mad try, but the Broncos, the Broncos were pretty busted. They had, I think they had David Mead starting at fullback and, Benji was Kahu, fullback lead on the wing. Yeah, not the best. Like not the best from the boys. But they they hung around, they hung around, they hung around. And in the last five minutes when they were looking for for a try for the big play, you're right. Benji, Benji, even though he'd barely in the, been in the team all year, wasn't afraid to stand up and say, Yeah, boys, I'll do this. Give me the ball. I'll fucking win this game for you because I'm Benji Marshall. And I might be old Benji Marshall and I might not be able to do the running and the steps and all that anymore, but I'm still I'm still Benji Marshall. I'll still have the result in my hands every single day of the week. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'll do it. And that's just something I feel like that's just something you've really got to respect about any player who will wear the result on his shoulders for good or for ill, you know, it's but then game, next year yeah. we have the Sorry, homecoming. Man. How good. Yeah. That game you mentioned that Brisbane game versus the Roosters though, is a really interesting game in the last decade because it's actually Mitchell, Mitchell Pierce's last, second last game for the Chooks. But like you go look at that the Chooks team and the Brisbane team, they changed so much from there so fast. Like that game, the Chooks had Michael Gordon at fullback, 
Ryan Madison in the centers with Mitch Orbison, Fergo on the wing, Luke Keary and Mitch Pierce in the halves. But that team's apparent failures got like Mitch Pierce and Luke Keary punted. Sorry, not punted. Sorry, Luke Keary just got this. Mitch Pierce punted from from there, and then they ended up getting cronked there. But it saved Benji's career. It's a weird little crossroad that little period in, in rugby league for what the next five years were. Yeah, and then it's it's weird, right? Because like I don't think that any like all Tigers fans still love Benji Marshall. So like I'm not going to talk about his legacy or anything like that. But it's it, it is. It was a relatively sad homecoming in the sense that they had 2018. They did finish ninth, but they weren't close to making the finals. That was the year where the top eight was pretty defined, like four or five weeks out from the season. And then, of course, 2019, you get the piss-take field goal from Paul Gallon in round 26, oh. which is like, you know, they win that game, they make the finals. And then you got the 2020 season, which, you know, just kind of sort of fizzled out. And his, and his West Tigers career ended with him losing, I'm looking at it now, ended up with him losing eight of his last 10 including a 50 point loss to Melbourne and a couple of other floggings from Newcastle and from Penrith and from, uh, and from a couple other teams. It's just like, it's a sad way for it to end. And then you think that it might be all over. And then you read the stories obviously during the week about Wayne and the bat phone and how he didn't want to go to England. And then the Bulldogs didn't want him. And then he ends up at South. So now he's, you know, a great chance of winning a premiership. I, I gotta I gotta push back a, a little bit on saying it was a, a sad time back at the Tigers because everything about the Tigers from 2012 to now can't just be about <laughs> winning and losing because if it is you'll just fucking hang yourself you know true I think it was good yeah and then like yeah they didn't make the finals right and that fucking sucks but there was some there were some wonderful games and some wonderful moments along the way like you guys remember that first that first game back that first one back right so he was meant to come off the bench for him Josh Reynolds tore his hamstring at the captain's run. And Benji was pitched into the starting side. And I remember talking to my mate at West's that very week. And I said, mate, how's Benji going to go? And he goes, mate, I've got no idea. He goes, Benji's barely trained this offseason. He comes up, does a skill session once a week, plays a bit of touch footy, and that's about it. And they, they went out there. Benji had a really good game. And they beat, they beat the Roosters. They beat the, the fucking powerhouse that had signed Cronk and signed Tedesco and looked like they were going to conquer the world, and they eventually did. But because of, you know a little bit of old fashioned gumption and a little bit of old man guile from Benji. They got, they got it done. They got it done. And that's, that's the, those are the great parts of Benji's second stint at the Tigers. Like, yeah, there was probably never going to be sustained success because you're relying on a fellow who's held together by strap and tape and good intentions. Well, that first six weeks of 2018 was fantastic. They beat Melbourne twice. They beat the Roosters. They beat Parramatta. They beat, they smashed Manly. The only loss they had was by two points against Brisbane. And it's like, it's just kind of a shame that it really fizzled out for them for the rest of the year after that, pretty much. I think they only won like six of their last 15 or something like that. Yeah, that's the uh, not square at marker game, lost to Brisbane too. The, um, we, only kicked, we only kicked uh, goals in that game. But yeah, Benji's return. I mean, I think the biggest sign and the, th- the thing of Benji's going to me is that uh, the years have come of, so I understand he loves footy as much as fans do. He loves the game. He's going to ball his eyes out Sunday regardless. Like, he doesn't want to really retire. Aging's a bastard. But I think that's what the, the Brisbane stint taught a lot of us is like, at that point, we went from the dude who had such an ego a few years ago earlier. He, you know, whatever. Who wouldn't have an ego if they were Benji Marshall and what he went through? <laughs> I'd be, we'd all be massive fuckwits if we were like, how good as good footy as he was and told, how, told the things he was told and won a premiership that young. But like, he went to Brisbane and he was like, just cool with, okay, I'll play reserve grade. Because Brisbane at that point, Nick Arima was the 14. So there wasn't even like Wayne couldn't even offer him, look, yeah, come, we'll put you on the bench because that job was taken. So he went to Brisbane, played reserve grade, 
got his arm broken going to the line. Was it Billy McConaughey broke his arm? I think. Anyway, you know, played tough down there. And going back to reserve grade, when you're a guy like him, it actually is tough. It's harder than guys. The average first grader goes back and there's no target on his back. But you're Benji Marshall. You play reserve grade. Like Billy McConaughey is telling his mates he smacked Benji for the next 10 years. You know, like there's targets yeah. back when you do those guys and go down there, but he like didn't want to give up on the game. And as many a time has like proven that he's willing to work on things to get himself back into first grade. And I think this year would have been terrible if he was at the Bulldogs. Thank God he wasn't at the Bulldogs. Cause he was certainly in, in my opinion, anyway, hitting that wall last season of just the age and playing a full year like he was in the Haas, but going to South, he couldn't have asked for a better fit to just be Mr. Fix-It for sales and Mr. Bench Middle in what ridiculous sport we play now. Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy. What a what a weird end. And he said, he did say this week that he's not sure he's going to retire, that he's not sure this is the end. But what a fitting end it would be if he got a premiership this weekend. He doesn't want to, mate. But I don't think time, he's going to. Time is a bastard. Do you think it matters if they win or lose, Camper? No, no, I, I don't. I think... For years now, I think winning and losing has been less important to Benji than just playing. You know, mm. you're retired for a very long time. You're retired for the rest of your life, you know. And all Benji's ever been is a footballer. He's been a professional footballer since he was 17 years old, since before he left school. I don't think I, – I think it's one of those things where he he doesn't he doesn't want to find out what he is without it because a footballer is what he's always been. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. Say win or lose, right? I think win or lose, he might say he's going to retire. But I think mid-January next year, he's going to get the itchy feet and he's going to call up somebody. You can't call Wayne anymore. He might call Sheenzy at West and we do it all again. Yeah, but he's, I think he's going to call someone. I think he's going to say to somebody, you know, mate, I've got, I've got 20 more minutes in me if you need them. You know, I'm ready to go. I'm Benji Marshall. I'm always ready. Darren Smith, mate. retired like four times. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't keep him. Win or lose. I mean, yeah, they've got Anthony Milford, but they're losing they're losing Adam Reynolds, obviously. Yes, Lachlan Ilias and Blake Taff are going to be featuring in some regard, but I mean who he knows? Probably can't, he probably can't he probably can't he probably can't he can't be on much, surely. But like regardless, like I, I he probably can't be guaranteed the fourteen no matter what again next year. But I'm sure that they could find a place for him in the squad at the very least. But I mean, regardless of that, is I think it's weird, right? Like, it's just strange that we got to this point. And it's, it, it was a funny signing when he did arrive at Souths because a lot of people were trashing it online, if you remember. Oh, they always do, mate. They trash him to Brisbane and, too. And, no and money I, to play back up half. I, I kind of just thought, like, yeah, good signing. Like, like, it's not much money. If Cody or Adam gets picked for State of Origin, he's there for cover. He's there for injury cover. We know Adam Reynolds gets little, you know, Little little injuries here and there throughout a season. I think it's it's a great. I think it's great, and I, and I said that from the start, and you agreed with me, and and you know it's gone. I think it's probably ex- met or exceeded everyone's expectations. It's always better to have someone like Benji and not need him than to need someone and not have him. And you know, like South mm-hmm. South have had a great season. Like you know, what are they twenty one and zero off the Atkins diet, Bungers? Uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah, <laughs> but it hasn't all been smooth sailing like Reynolds was was down was was down for a couple of weeks Trell was has been in and out of the team for a lot of the year as well and I think they've actually relied on him on Benji a little bit more than they would have anticipated like and I I think the the best game he played this year is probably that one against the Raiders um down there 
where Latrell was out, I don't think Reynolds was fully fit from memory. And like Cody Walker was playing fullback, which, you know, never really works. And Benji just fucking brained him, just absolutely killed him. And it wasn't through being the smart game manager with the big boot that he's become. It was doing the old shit. It was throwing crazy cutout passes. It was, it was getting into a shootout and he's got the fastest fucking gun you've ever seen in your life, you know? And I love that. I love that he's changed so much as a player and he's become sort of the wise old man up on the mountain, but he can still play that old shit if he absolutely has to. If he has to break glass in case of emergency, he can do that. You know, he can do that. And the only thing I want for him in the grand final, if you can't guarantee him a win, which you can't, the only thing I want is I want him to be out there and have the ball in his hands when things, when things matter, when it's important, you know? And if that's with, if that's in the last five minutes with the scores level or before the game gets decided around, you know, halftime or whatever. I just, I want Benji to, to be out there when it matters. Even I just, just for a couple of minutes. I just want to throw know? a scenario out there for you, Nick. So it's 79-43 on the clock. Um, South Sydney 12, Penrith 12. Um, South have driven down. Mark Nichols, great 15-metre hit up. Um, Adam Reynolds is settled in the pocket. The, 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 the wall, but it's not really a wall because we can't call it a wall in front of Reynolds. The likes of Isaiah, Yo, Bill Kakao, and all the boys, they come charging towards Adam Reynolds. But suddenly, Damien Cook throws a no-look pass to the other side where Benjamin Quentin Marshall is waiting to the right-hand side of the goalposts, and he calmly slots one with no pressure to win the grand final from 25 out. What would you do I'll, in that I'll start moment? crying. I'll start, <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start crying like a little boy. If the endless twilight of Benji Marshall involves a premiership-winning field goal, I will burst into tears of joy. Lockdown's been tough, man. I've got a lot of emotions right now. And if that yeah. happens, <laughs> fuck, man, they're all coming out. I might get, you know, that shitty shoulder tattoo that he's got? He got it when, it, like, yep. when he was like 15 or something. <laughs> and it's awful. I might get that, man. Just just out of respect, you know? <laughs> out of respect. It would, be, it, would be, it, would be, it would be something else if he was not only a part of a winning team, but if he was, as you said, directly involved in the winning of the game would be absolutely incredible. Well, the best I thing did, as well, he I actually a played a lot more football this year. And people expect if you people probably think he's only been bit part bench player, he has not. He has been on the field heaps. Like, yeah, he, he matters for South. Yeah, that that ten minutes before halftime where he comes on for Murray has been really important every week, basically. And he's well, and like, he hasn't let himself down any time any time it comes on. And if it's a role that's so his, unfamiliar to what he's done before as well. You is. know, mm. if you include his starts, he's averaged forty three minutes a game. Really? If you just go, oh, yeah. if you include the starts, right? Okay. But he's averaged he's averaged twenty nine off the bench. Like, yeah. That's okay. That's, that's bench, higher than I thought. I but that's a bench 20, yeah. front rowers minutes. You know, yeah. that's I would, I would thirty minutes a game 20. isn't far away from other guys. Yeah, exactly. He's mm. averaged twenty nine minutes a game. He's played a lot of football, and there's been games this year where he's come off the bench and played forty minutes. Well, you know, he played forty nine in round one, forty in round two. You know, he and this obviously, and it's not just him, but like this has been the most regular season-wise, easily the most successful season of his career. And it's come in a role that's so unfamiliar. I mean, he wasn't there for one of the losses either. So I think he's lost three games this year and he's played 20, 20 games. He's, yeah. he's won 17 and lost three or something. So he, he was on the bench of the Panthers game, but didn't get on. So it doesn't so no, count. He's won, 20, he's won 20 and lost three, I think. So that's pretty good. Pretty damn yeah. good. What's... um. So, just, just, I'm interested, guys. Like, we all have the, we all know the big Benji moments, right? Like, so the flick mm. pass in the grand final, or behind the behind the back pass against Para, or the try he set up against the Sharks in 05, where he beat six blokes with about 14 left foot steps. What's your favorite, like, low key Benji Marshall highlight? Like, one that, that, that isn't, isn't the best or the biggest, or one that's your favorite? 
I love the, uh, the failed kick against the Dragons, if that counts. Like, when he, when he, when he, the fake failed drop kick, fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say his, his field goal from halfway at Campbelltown. Yeah, from like one no step with no run up, sorry. He used yeah, to, when he came it. into the league, he couldn't kick. Like, he, mm, yeah. he, his, his clearing kicks were like fucking cream puff kicks, man. They went like 20 meters. It was like your little sister was kicking them. And then five years later, he's banging over field goals from halfway. It's unbelievable. That one against the Cowboys where he doesn't even step. Do you remember that one? It was, I can't remember. Like, they, the Cowboys turned the ball over. And I can't remember who passed it to him, but Benji doesn't step and it's like waves through like six guys at the middle. And it was fucking sick because he just weaved through and then ran. And then he had that pace that like, he kept that pace for longer than I think he got credit for. Like if he yeah. got the ball in, in open, like within 50 meters or six meters of the trial line, he scored for a long time. in the old yeah. Benji. Shut the gate. Yeah. Guys, do yourself a favor this week. Call up KO and watch Benji Marshall all the tries. Like it is oh, fucking 40 or 45 minutes well spent. Crack open a beer. Watch my man run around. It is Awesome. My, my and keep an eye out for this one because this is my favourite low key one. It was a game. It was against Newcastle and it was in two thousand seven or two thousand nine. It was really at the height of his injury problems. His shoulders were gone. I think he had bad hammies as well, stuff like that. He scored two tries regardless of how fucked his body was. One of them, he he splits the defence from maybe halfway, rounds the rounds the fullback. I think it's poor old Wes Nagama, and scores. <laughs> and he looks like he 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 can't he can't run. He's not breaking breaking out of a jog, but he just does it anyway. I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he was able to move like that when he was so crocked, but he just found a way to do it. You know, he just, like you said way back at the start, Mitch. He just, he never did things the easy way. He always did them the cool way. You know, it was just, yeah. it was just how he did it. You know, and yeah, absolutely, just absolutely loved it. Watch like, that I all the tries, guys. That's that's the great. Nick Campton guarantee, man. You'll fucking enjoy it. <laughs> well, the one against the storm is still one of the best tries you've ever seen. Like where he, like the big fake dummy 40 out from his line, you know, bursts up the middle of the field, beats like six guys, passes the ball, then follows his own pass and scores in the corner. It's one of the best oh, tries you've ever outrageous. seen. But there's another try he set up. I I just remembered it then thinking of that try. Do you remember, like, it was like Sissel Wunger's first year at the storm and Benji throws the ball from like the upright, throws a cutout pass that hits Bo Ryan on the chest. Like five out and Bo Ryan scores. He throws it from like the uprights. Yeah. Just form, whips it on the end. Sissel Wang has never seen that in his life. <laughs> they, <laughs> it's not they even, didn't make those in Fiji. It's not even a big wind up either. It looks like no. he's just going short like normal. And then he just fucks it off out to the wing. It like it's, a, it's, it. it's a 25, 30 meter pass. Just off nothing. Yeah. So on the cool. land, on, on Bo Ryan's chest. And they, and they end up losing that game, but whatever. It was sick. And uh, he, again, as you know, all the tries, he has one of the great highlight clips, but it needs to yeah. be like, all of the West Tigers tries when Benji was on the field. That should be a video. Clip. Just all of them. <laughs> yeah, like the I should show the, in schools. The like the one against the Sharks that Fitzhenry scored in the corner. Like it's one of the great tries ever. Was it Fitzhenry that finished that uh, off? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That try is incredible. That's obviously not in there because he didn't score it. But like, man. And there's yeah. It should just be all. One. It should just be all the try assists and all the tries. <laughs> so there's a one. Remember that one against um these are dragons. Remember that one against the was in the superhero jerseys. Where they're playing the Knights, and Benji gets it like forty or so out, and it's kind of like the Storm one. He backs himself again. If you remember that, he's like gets the ball like forty out, and he goes down the left, and it goes like him to someone else to Mitch Rain, and then back yeah, to Rain Benji. Throws it back over his yeah, head. Yeah, over his head. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a good Dragons shit, moment. Man. And it was at like the it was at like the match winner for them. But yeah, it was sick. And he was like he was really good in that short Brisbane stint. Like would have been great to stay around, yeah. but. 
it'd be remiss if we don't talk about him playing for New Zealand at least a little bit. And like, so at 2010, he's probably at his apex as a player, right? So the two players that he was and would become, so the the crazy little jackass and the wise old man, that's probably the point where they, where they meet, you know, and in the, the four nations final, right. It was a pretty red hot Australian side and the Kiwis were the Kiwis, you know, pretty good, but maybe lacking a little bit of star power. And um, the Kiwis beat them, I think, 16-12. It's three tries to two. Benji sets up all three tries. And it's just like, it's it's seeing a dude at his absolute apex. He's at the the mastery of, of, of play that he's shown and the ability to drag a team that is not as good, kicking and screaming to a victory off his own bat is just remarkable. The first try, he sets it up for Sean Kenny Dow. It's a short ball. It's probably forward. Who fucking cares? The second one is maybe about 10 minutes to go and the Kiwis really need something. And he puts in one of those, lunatic curling grubbers you guys remember the ones ben roberts used to do they sort of break outside in they're unbelievable i don't know how anyone does them and it and it goes for nightingale and then with about two minutes to go he rushes down the blind throws a cutout pass to nightingale gets the pass back on the inside tries to run up and score himself gets tackled by a cover defender he doesn't see and literally just fucks the ball off over his shoulder and it lands for nathan fiend and they score and new zealand beat him and new zealand are the best team in the world you know, probably maybe for the only for one of the very few times when Benji was playing for him, and it was just, just unbelievable. Call up the highlights on YouTube. Take the day off work tomorrow. Yeah. Tell the boss that I was, <laughs> I said it was okay, and just put Benji Marshall into YouTube and have yourself a fucking Friday. Well, that period of the Australian team too is an Aussie team I really didn't like. <laughs> like it's <laughs> the Kiwis only be, Benji only beat Australia twice, and I think he had a draw as well. But that Aussie team they beat like. It, it never felt like the best team Australia could put together to me. That one they beat in the grand final, like, you know, I didn't really have a, an affinity to you guys. Like, you know, a Brent, a Brent Kai, Anthony Tupo, didn't love Watmo. Didn't, you know, I know I like the Queensland back line, but it wasn't a big Monaghan guy. I didn't love that team. And then the other Aussie, the Queen, Aussie team they beat had like, you know, guys that wasn't really my guys either. Like, you know, Gallon's in there, Shillington's in there, Gidley's in there, Miles, Bird, like, yeah, just and you know, Willie Tong was playing for Australia at that point and the Takiri's back, but it wasn't like an Aussie team I really had a massive connection to. So like you watch Benji and that wasn't a great Kiwi team. You know, but but it was great. a great Benji Marshall. He made him great, yeah. Yeah. But the team the second his last win against Australia, they've got the back lines Hohaya, Nightingale, Kenny Dow, Mannering, Parrot, which sounds okay, but then it's like Benji, Fiend, then it's McKendry. Tom Lulawai, Adam Blair, Bronson Harrison, Ben Madalino on the edge, Jeremy Smith, and then Frank Paul Nuasala, Sikamato, Eastwood, Isaac Luke. It, it's not an awful team. It's not a good team. It's not a good team. <laughs> like, it's not a good team. The current Kiwi team, minus Benji, runs, like, stomps mud holes in that side. I would die for Lance Ohio. I remember feeling sick. the same way as you did, though, Mitch, because I also, like, I mean, I've never cared about. I'm sorry, not cared. Cared's the wrong word. I've never had an emotional investment in like the Blues or Australia. So like when the Kiwis won, I was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. I wasn't like sad that Australia didn't win. Oh, no, dude. I was, I was always going for the Kiwis. Always. Mm. Even before Benji got there. Because when, the, when Australia loses, it's good for international footy as a whole, you know? Yeah. But one, yes. one, of, one of those other things, like we talk about how Benji got humble by some of the things that happened to him, some of the challenges he faced. Remember how stoked he was, how emotional he was when he came back into the Kiwi team? I think for the test against Tonga two years ago in the middle of 2019. Yeah. And during the anthem, he's just crying his eyes out. And and all that week he'd said how grateful he was to 
to be wearing the jersey again and to get that chance again, you know. And I always, I, I, I think it's a, I think that's part of his, part of his popularity is because he is from New Zealand. He doesn't get dragged into the dichotomy of state of origin, you know, because no yep. matter how beloved any of the Queensland players were, there were always going to be New South Wales people that hated him. And it's the same with Blues players in Queensland. But because Benji's removed from that, everyone just fucking loves him. Yeah, and that and that draw they earned too was it two thousand and nine when they drew. I'm just remembering the game back in my head now. Um, again, New Zealand teams Junior Sal and Bronson Goodwin are playing on one edge for that. New Junior Sal ruled man for a couple of years there. I did too. Um, it took like it was one of those games where it took like Lockyer Thurston and Cancer to like pull it out of their ass kind of games, mm. like right at the end. But they end up with they end up winning because Tamana Tamana Tahu sorry drawing. Tamana Tahu trucks, I think it's Isaac Luke, and like drags like three guys and then throws it to Cancer with the offload. But yeah, if Tamana Tahu didn't go beast mode, Benji and a, probably the worst New Zealand team he'd played with were going to beat Australia again. Like, yeah, he found a took, way to, to, to bring that team to the Australia's level to, more often than he should have. Yeah, and, and you're right, more than once Australia was only saved by, the, by, the, by their own individual brilliance of guys like Thurston or Smith or Inglis or Slater or what have you, you know? Yeah, but yeah, as we were saying about that, that period Australia team was like the least of my favorite Australian team in my lifetime. There's so many guys I just don't care about. So yeah. it was easy to support against them. <laughs> uh, every time I see that try from the 2010 Four Nations final, it just makes me laugh because it's like the most forward pass of all time. Yeah, it's great. Um, do, you guys, do you guys think there can ever be a player in the future who's as beloved as Benji is now? Or do you think no. like the hype machine and everyone being a lot more... I don't about think it's possible. Sort of stops it happening. It's not possible because of the things you just outlined and the way that everything gets shoved down our throats now. Like people are already starting to resent Reese Walsh, who's not as good as Benji Marshall, but it's probably the most, I guess, like for like equivalent in terms of like the young Kiwi superstar who's kind of cool and does cool things in the field and stuff. People are already starting to resent him because the hype is getting too much. Reese and- Walsh is Indigenous Australian, sir. <laughs> is he yeah oh. he just plays for the warriors right okay my bad anyway the point is uh there's it's the same thing with every young superstar now like people hate kalen ponga people hate um who else i don't know well, but it's like benji hype was a thing yeah but it was we didn't hear when benji was coming through i didn't hear all the dumb shit benji's going to be this benji's going to be that benji's this player benji's that player you just heard benji's awesome and yeah. how good's this young kid and now we're so quick to anoint and make everything the best and everything, hype everything up. And then we talk about it so much during the week on social media, on Twitter. We have highlights, all that garbage. We overcook all of this stuff. It's almost impossible to have somebody go through that and be liked by everybody. I think you're right. Because I think the guy who could have maybe been like that was Ponga. But Ponga, he got so overexposed, even before he signed with the Cowboys, even when he was still a kid playing school footy. There was a lot of stuff about him, the multi-sport phenom, his, um, you know, his highlights went mm-hmm. viral and all of that. And then the second he got into first grade, it was just like nonstop, 100% all the time, you know? And there was there was a backlash and it's sort of come around a little bit now, but I, I think you're right, Mitch. Like, I, I, and I'm as I think you're right too. I don't think it can happen again. And I'll tell you, I, I, something that's pretty telling, how many times over the course of this podcast have we called him Marshall? Not once. When's the last time you said, oh, yeah, Marshall, like the South Utility Marshall? No one says that. You know, it's Benji to everyone. We talk about him like we know him. We talk about him like he's a, 
he's a friend of ours, you know? And I, I don't think, for whatever reason, I don't think players like that can exist anymore. Yeah, they can't. And and maybe it is just the rise of the internet and social media and people just being more cynical in general, which plays a part as well. And people being more parochial when it comes to their guys and, and their team and stuff. Like Benji probably, if he comes onto the scene now in the same way as he did all those years ago, he even he is probably not as beloved as he is now for the exact same reasons why guys like Walsh and Ponger are. It overexposed, mate. Like he'd be, we'd, we'd see his dumb Instagram stories. We'd see he's just kind of, he's a human. He'd be brand Benji, be something else. Like Caitlin Ponger stuff, turn, like try to turn him into a TV, like on TV panels, like his second year of his career. It's like, mate, yeah. just fuck off. Like, you know, <laughs> we've got. Win a finals 15, game, Caitlin. Can you play for 15 years? Then we'll see you on TV, you know? Yeah. It, that's it. Like, I think it would definitely be oversaturated because we, we been, the Benji market was saturated back then, but it was just pure footy hype. You know, it wasn't saturated with lots of other garbage we would cop now. It'd probably be, you know, buying his T-shirts and he'd be on someone's podcast and it'd be just too much. In um, this, is, this, is, this is like what you're talking about, Mitch. This is the, he, he, there was a saturation level. In 2011, I was living in Ireland um, and... You know, there was no league around at all. No one knew anything about it. The only league player that anyone knew, and not everyone knew him, but people who like followed rugby and that knew him. And it was Benji because they'd seen the flick passes. They'd seen the the highlight reels, you know, and it's not, it's not as much like now where, you know, something could get clipped up on Instagram and go viral and all that sort of thing. It was a lot more sort of low tech and a lot more, a lot more sort of, um, it's harder to come across these things. But even there, at the, at the end of the rugby league universe, they'd heard about Benji. They knew what Benji was like, you know. And yeah, I just, I just, I, I don't think we'll see someone like him again in, for for a lot of different reasons. But, but like you guys are pointing out, I don't think the environment exists where someone like that can exist anymore. Which yeah. is why Benji has to play forever. <laughs> one year, one year for each club in the league until he's done them all, and then we start again, and it's great. Well, it's always a conversation I find fascinating with with athletes from 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. It's like how, you know, and I don't want to go into the LeBron Jordan thing. It's like we are so overexposed to LeBron James and talking about LeBron James and LeBron James, the human. People spend half their time trashing LeBron because they see all the other things. Whereas like, you know, Michael Jordan was just the awesome baller. You know, he was the baller. We watched when he was on TV. He was, you know, he had shoe commercials up, but that was it. We didn't get Michael Jordan's Taco Tuesday fucking Instagram story. No one gave a shit. <laughs> good point. You know? A very good point. Like we, 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 that was actually, we could, we could deify athletes still. We can't really do that now. We know they're regular moron humans. Like we've seen them get busted with cocaine every second week now. <laughs> we've seen mm. that as some rich young boy. What do rich young boys do? They're not more human than human they just they're just like everybody else there is benji still want to last year that era where it was like that superstardom feeling for one that you could kind of feel they were different to everybody else no that's very well put very well put yeah um and i personally would like to see him uh go out with a grand final this weekend if (laughs) would you well yeah just just for him you know just for him that's very brave of you to say thank you i appreciate that um before we go uh would you like uh your grand final prediction um, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I've been going back and forth all week because like you guys have made, you've made some good points, Bungers, about Penrith being 
may be a little bit weary. I think it's easy to turn that around and say also that they'll be battle hardened. Mm-hmm. I think as well that I think they'll come out. I think Penrith will come out in the first 20 minutes, half hour, like madder than a pack of mad dogs. I think they've been thinking about the grand final last year, every single day since it happened. And if they say they don't, if they say they haven't, I don't believe them. I think they're going to come out like absolute fucking lunatics and they're going to take South's, South, South's lunch a little bit. But I do think also that Penrith will fade late mm. and I think South will come back hard. And it just depends if South can withstand that first punch and still be, still be standing, still be in a position where they can work their way back into the game. I think they are going to be able to get Penrith late. I'm probably, I'm leaning Penrith something like 21, 14 or something like that. But I, I think, I think it will go right down to the wire. I think, I think both teams are in with a real shot and I think it really depends on, whether South can handle that out, that opening salvo and still be on their feet and throwing punches. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Can't disagree with much of that. Um, that first 20 minutes is going to be absolutely key. And we talked about it yesterday. Both these teams love being front runners. So, yeah, if someone gets on top early, it's probably over. So, all right. Um, before we get out of here, uh, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies is the place you can go to support uh, the boys. Uh, so many podcasts this week. Just throw a couple of bucks our way, you know, and you get access to our Discord server, merchandise, entry into next year's Coltrane Cup, uh, uh, rookie takes voting and nomination rights, a bunch of other stuff. And if you're in the top two tiers, you get a special shout out on every single episode of this show. So with that said, thank you to Chris Avnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Sergicomi, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Don Dick. Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Turner, 98, Lockwood Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, My Ding Dong is Hard and I'm Sad, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, The Not So Mature Age Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much for your continued support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Um, Nick, how is your Ding Dong and Sadness? Oh, dude, this week's all, all about your ding-dong and uh, you know, hopefully for you, not your sadness. Well, so this is, we'll let, them, we'll let the punters behind the curtain a little bit. So we've been doing them every day. This is the only day where we've done two in one go. So we're recording this on Thursday night. It won't go out until I think, what, Friday night, Saturday? Yeah. No, so you're right, Friday. This is going out. The other one's going out tonight. You're right. Yeah. 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 So, um, Right now, we still don't know. I mean, by the time people listen to this, we'll probably have more clarity on whether the grand final is actually going to get played this weekend. And that is that is really affecting my ding dong and sadness, Nick. I'm not going to lie because I feel like it. I feel like that's a massive disadvantage. I feel like it's a massive advantage to Panthers if the game is delayed for a couple of weeks. I'm sure you agree. Oh yeah, absolutely. As a, from a neutral standpoint, I I'd hate it if it got delayed, but I also would prefer that to playing in front of an empty stadium because. Mm. I, I don't care what anyone says. I'm not going to get grand final vibes if there's no crowd there. You got to have some heat, man. You got to have some juice, you know. But it would oh, suck. God's going to get furious you know? again now. No, he, I get what I get what he's saying, but he's acknowledged the fact that it's not fair. Like the, both of those things yeah. can be true. Yeah, and they are true I agree. in this case. Yeah, I'm if with you, uh, Campo. I think they're I'm, I'm delayed stunned, if they have to. Stunned that Bungers blew up about it. Well, no, I mean, it, it takes their chances of winning the game and decreases them by what, like 10, 20%? So, of course, I'm angry. He, he, uh, he did come in hot enough, and it's on the last podcast that he would, he, the game would be dead to him, uh, yeah. Campo. So, I, st- I stand by oh, it. Yeah. Rugby, <laughs> me and rugby league, done. It's I said it was final a week, baby. You got to put it on emotional it's, anger. It's 1999 all over again. I stand by it. 
love it. I love it. Not even you. Benji could send you back, man. After if that we shit, win, I'll damn. be back. <laughs> That's your All big right. threat to PBL. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I hope you're listening, Valandis. You just lost. It's like that scene in The Simpsons where Homer's yeah. saying, You just lost yourself a customer while Mo just keeps breaking in more money yeah. from all the failing Mo's. All right. Nick, thank you for coming on. Uh, anything to promote? Um, yeah, I've got a heap of yarns floating around this week. Um, I did one the other day on the where I spoke to um, a junior coach for each of the South Sydney players. That's great, wholesome content if you want to read stuff about how proud everyone is of all the players that are playing this weekend, particularly a lot of local boys on the South team, so that's all really cool. Um, I've got a fun yarn coming about Benji. It'll probably be up by the time this goes up, so I'll tell you what it's about. Um, Benji Marshall... <laughs> His dinner, the, the the feed that he had before he went out and flipped through that flick pass in two thousand and five oh. was four cheeseburgers and a Big Mac. So Fantastic. kids, if you want to if you want to follow your dreams and become a superstar, just eat macas before every game. And it'll no be fries great. though, kind no of the saturated fats. <laughs> um, and then go. I've got a cool one as well um, about Damian Cook and about how Penrith could have had him years ago and let him slip Ooh. through their fingers. So that's Jeez. pretty. Pretty what good one been. as well. So keep an, right. eye, keep an eye out for anything I write because please click on it because, you know, I want to keep living in the style to which I've grown accustomed. Um, if you need a login for Daily Telegraph, just message me. I'll sort you up. All right. Nick, say goodbye. Bye, guys. This was really fun. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>